Hi everyone and welcome to another sauntering podcast with me, Paul White. I'm coming to you from the beautiful town of Weymouth in Dorset by the sparkling blue sea. It never rains, it's always sunny. This podcast began during lockdown. We galloped through or sauntered through many, many books of the Bible now. I'm a disciple of Jesus and my job is to encourage you and encourage other people to walk with him. Welcome to another saunter. And here we are. We are in 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're in the second part, starting on verse 13. And some challenging stuff today. So buckle up. I'm going to pray and then we'll get going. So Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for your word. Thank you for the wonderful Apostle Peter who still speaks to us today still challenges us, still provokes us today. Holy Spirit, thank you that you were speaking through him and we ask you to speak to us today as we look at your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, cool. So here we go. We are going to talk about submission today and it's an interesting thing if we just remind ourselves of what Peter was saying in the previous few verses He was saying, actually, you are, whether you're Jewish or Gentile believers, you are actually, we are, um, exiles. We're, We're foreigners in a strange land, whichever country we're in, because our citizenship is in heaven. And actually, we need to live our lives here on the earth in such a way that it demonstrates the kingdom of God and it demonstrates the values of Jesus and his kingdom. And he says, actually, you're here as priests, you're here as ambassadors and and so on. Royal priesthood It's more than just we're just like on the bottom level. We're actually here in a very privileged position. But it's really interesting as we go through that he talks about really just taking on the nature of a servant and um, which is which is a challenge to us all, I think. So. Verse 13 then, he says, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honour everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honour the emperor. Wow. Right. So he's saying, listen, you guys, here you are temporary residents, but you need to honour the the authorities, the human authorities that are there in place in society. It's a really interesting thing because he goes on to say that actually the they w- this is something that pleases God when we honour these leaders. And I'll tell you why. 
as far as I can see in the Bible, human authority is established, whether it be in the home or in the civil society, um, to protect the weak and the vulnerable. And obviously we know, don't we, that that's the ideal in the reality is often much less beautiful than that and much more challenging and often the leadership of a nation or an organization can fall a long way short of protecting the weak and the vulnerable and actually seem to be predominantly interested in protecting themselves and looking after their own little cozy club of their friends and and so on so we know that human authority is fundamentally flawed Oh my, out comes the stone saw the minute I start recording. I hope you can't hear that. Um, so he says, anyway, to, to be subject to it for the Lord's sake, be subject to this earthly authority. And we need people to govern society because not everybody in society is living according to the principles of the kingdom not everyone has their heart set to do what is right and what is pleasing to God and so there has to be some restraint on the the kind of tendency towards anarchy and civil disorder and all the rest of it and so we have things like a um, a president or a prime minister we have a king or a queen maybe or we have um, and we have a police force and all of those things and they're there however imperfect they are to try to maintain some semblance of law and order because when anarchy and so on takes over it's always the weak and vulnerable who end up getting the worst deal and getting getting exploited and so even in organizations where or movements people movements where they've tried to um give power to the poorest it's it still seems to end up with a few people having all the power and the poor people who they've kind of held out this great ideal to end up still seeming to be the ones who are suffering and end up still seem to be the ones who get the worst deal anyway so so peter's saying actually you need to submit this is this is the kicker though because at the time of peter when he was writing these things the emperor was the emperor nero who went on to be a legendary tyrant didn't he he was one of the most evil rulers who've ever disgraced the face of the earth and and so even in that context peter is saying even in the context where they're ruled by people who aren't even jews who who don't have any real legitimate claim to govern govern them they've only got their power by brutality and force peter is still saying submit to them and so i would just like to um just raise a couple of little points <clears throat> so he says for this is the will of God that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. So there will always be people who want to bring a criticism against God's people, as I said yesterday, and they want to find some excuse to bring us down and discredit us. And Peter's saying, let it not be because you're a lawbreaker. Let it not be because you've um, flagrantly abused the laws of society. He then goes on to say, live as people who are free. 
So in your heart, you are free. Who the Son sets free, the Apostle Paul says, is free indeed. So we're not a slave to anybody. We're not really subject to anybody in one sense because we've been given freedom as children of God, as citizens of heaven. And he says, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil. So don't let that be an excuse to just do a whole stack of sinful things because you are free. That's not what he's talking about. Right now, it, there. this is Peter. And in Acts chapter six, I think it is, Peter and the other apostles were preaching the gospel and they got arrested and thrown into prison for preaching the gospel because the rulers and authorities in the city didn't want them to do it. So what happens in the night? An angel comes and busts them out of jail and actually tells them, go ahead and preach some more. Don't stop. Same thing happens with the apostle Paul. They're in prison. Him and Silas, another apostle, are in prison and they're worshipping God. They've been arrested because they've been preaching the gospel and somebody's got upset about it and put in a formal complaint. They're arrested, thrown into prison, and there they are in the prison worshipping God and there's an earthquake and the prison gets blown open and all the rest of it. Now, Paul and Silas stay there and the jailer becomes a Christian and in the, in the morning they're released, which is an amazing story. Peter, however, and um, he gets up and goes out and carries on preaching and is, <laughs> is in trouble again. But Peter makes this profound statement at that point in the book of Acts. He says to the authorities, he said, actually, who ought we to be obedient to, to you or to God? So, right, this is the same Peter. This is the Peter who's saying, submit yourself. Now he, but in his actual ministry and the reality of his life when he's in these moral dilemma type of situations when push comes to shove he obeys God so when there's a conflict between obeying God and obeying the rulers we obey God if the police say you can't preach here but we're preaching the gospel in a particular place in a country that has freedom of speech the police say actually you shouldn't be preaching here this is an area where you're not welcome who do we obey? We obey God, don't we? And so the challenges come because not, like I said, not all authority, however it may, the principle of authority may be from God and the idea of human delegated authority in society came from God. It's a gift from God to protect the weak and the vulnerable. Sometimes it has to be challenged and stood up to. And like in the time of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, when the the king, the massive, powerful emperor of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, says, you need to worship this image of me. When the music stops, it's like musical worship, <laughs> musical statues. You have to bow down and worship me. They're like, no way. We're going to stay standing because we are we worship God. And so they end up getting thrown in the fiery furnace and God helps them, rescues them from that. But doesn't always happen. And history is full of stories of people who have refused to bow the knee to the um, the emperor or to they've they've continued to meet on whilst it's out, whilst it's illegal to meet. And they've carried on having church services in their homes or somewhere private. Um, and the 
authorities have come in and thrown them into prison. Some of them have been tortured, put to death brutally. All the way through history, it's happening today, it's happening in countries around the world. There are certain countries that you wouldn't think, perhaps, but it's actually so dangerous to be a Christian, particularly in places like Nigeria at the moment. There are many, many people dying for their faith in Nigeria. Why is that? Because they're refusing to give up the things that God has told us to do. And and so there is, a. I think this is a qualified statement from Peter that's qualified by his own practice. He's not like covering all the bases here, but he's saying in principle, you need to keep the law. So if the law says 30 miles an hour in your car, when you're driving through this particular neighborhood, you drive at 30 miles an hour because the law's a good thing. It's there for a good reason. If the law says pay your taxes, you pay your taxes and so on. And that's how we live. And actually, that was the way these guys lived at the time of Peter. And they, in fact, the Christians were known for paying their taxes. It was one of the things that they were particularly known for. They were not troublesome people. However, they were annoying because they would not stop talking about Jesus, no matter what you did to them. So then he says, honour everyone, love the brotherhood. That's the other believers within your kind of network love the brotherhood fear god honor the emperor so it's it's kind of an interesting those things so fear god sorry love the brotherhood fear god honor the emperor so we are we're fearing god before we're um honoring the emperor aren't we we're we're Loving the brotherhood and just honouring what God is doing there. Right. Verse 18. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Let's just hold there. So Peter's saying, actually, servants, you need to obey your masters. Now, this is a difficult one for us because these were slaves. These weren't just like the household servant or a civil servant or something like we might think of now these were actually slaves who didn't who weren't free they were actually bonded labor living and working in the house or in the fields of this particular master and and yet he's not challenging their status he's saying actually honor just sub- be subject submit to your masters this has got to happen you've got it you've got to do this and do it with respect you're here in this Um, stage of your life where for some economic reason or other you are now having to work as a slave do it with respect not only if your master's good and gentle but also to the unjust this is a challenging one isn't it this is a really challenging one and difficult for us to get our heads around but if we and all we can do really is translate it into our kind of contemporary situation we know that Christians and many men and women of God and 
slaves and free have laboured long and hard and given their lives to end slavery as a thing. Um, unfortunately, it's still going on in certain countries, but to end slavery in the United States and in, in Britain and other countries where that was prevalent. So we, we, but now we're looking at this in the context of employment and in the context of what we do day to day, our daily um, kind of activities. And he says, so I think it still speaks to us. So we honour our bosses with all respect, not only if they're good and gentle, but also if they're unjust. And so there's that sense of which, right, I'm going to honour you even though you don't deserve it. I'm going to give you a gift you don't deserve. I'm going to honour you as if you were a good person, as if you were a good boss, because actually we're mindful of, for the, he, he, Peter says, for this is a gracious thing. We love the word grace. It's a thing where favour is given that is not deserved, but it's also, a, it attracts the favour of God. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. And again, history is full of stories, narratives of people who've suffered unjustly because of their love for Jesus and because they want to honour him. Verse 20, for what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you, when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God, for to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, high sky. It is it's important that we understand that Jesus suffered for us. He, he didn't deserve any of it. And sometimes when we're suffering for doing something that is actually good, God sees it as a gracious thing and a thing that invites his favour and that he can pour his favour on because he sees the heart with which we're doing it and he is... Um, showing us his grace in the middle of all of that suffering and so it's it's like even the, although they might not see it they might not recognize it the people who are causing that suffering are seeing an example of Jesus lived out in front of them lived out under their very eyes and he says for to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you but this is the this is the one that's really beautiful he says for this is a gracious thing in the sight of God it's a gracious thing in the sight of God it's something that invites God's favor when we're willing to suffer for doing something that's right um and do it and suffer it graciously is a thing that invites God's favor but so but he says verse 21 to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you. You don't hear many sermons saying actually you are called to suffer for unjustly. You don't hear many sermons on that subject, do you? It's not a great crowd pleaser. Um, but he's saying um, he committed no sin, verse 22. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. And when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. And so here's the context of that. We are able to be like Jesus 
because we've entrusted ourselves to him who judges justly. So it's not like we're some pious, sanctimonious person, but we're just saying, actually, there is a judge. And there is a judge who's looking over my reaction to this situation. And I want to be pleasing to him. And actually, that same judge will judge the oppressor pretty hard. You can bet your boots. Because God hates oppression. He hates bullying. He hates any form of oppression and tyranny. And he will bring judgment. So even if we don't personally live to see it, even if that person results in us, our lives being ended because of the brutality of it all, there will be a judgment and it will be tough on those who've oppressed the poor and vulnerable and weak, especially those who were given a position of authority and trust to, for the whole purpose of protecting them. Hi, Willow. Great to see you. And so when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. That means he didn't, He when they abused him verbally, he didn't retaliate with a foul-mouthed response. He just kept, enti- kept himself quiet, didn't he, Jesus? It says like a sheep before his shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He didn't open his mouth. He didn't retaliate verbally when they insulted him or accused him of stuff. He just kind of took it didn't he and sometimes you kind of look at Jesus in that situation you think oh Jesus why didn't you just do a miracle or something but actually he was he continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly listen verse 24 this is the whole crux of the gospel he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds You have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And so he's bringing us right back to that central theme of the gospel, which is that Jesus became nothing. He became like a slave. He took on the lowest place. He was crucified in a way that was reserved for runaway slaves that was what they did to runaway slaves they nailed him to a cross to make an example Jesus the spotless perfect son of God was nailed to a cross he did not open his mouth he did not complain he submitted to it and there's something that God is looking for in us when we are accused of things or when we're um, when we're treated wrongly that that our hearts can have that same beautiful heart that Jesus had where we submit ourselves to him who judges justly and in the end our judgment comes from him not from any earthly source this is a difficult word I'm not pretending it's easy this is where the kind of rubber hits the road for Christians I think and we want to fight our corner and defend ourselves and campaign for our our innocence and all those things but there is a sense in which actually the world and its systems in the end are opposed to the kingdom of heaven they're opposed to the rule of Jesus and if we will walk with Jesus we're gonna attract some hostility at times from those in authority who just resent the fact that we're servants of Jesus and resent what we stand for, resent the fact that we're talking about him. 
listen, have an amazing day. I'm sure there's going to be some comments coming up on the chat. That is absolutely fine. Hi, Joyce. Great to see you. Um, and But keep your comments courteous. Don't get nasty. And if, if you don't agree with some things I've said, that's fine. You can message me or put them on the chat. Let's Let's hear what people have to say. Anyway, have an amazing day. May God bless you and keep you and smile on you, whatever your situation is. And may he protect you from being accused unjustly. In spite of everything that we've said, may he protect you from that and watch over you and protect you in every way. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, that's brilliant. That's exactly what I hope for. Please do share it, like it, pass it on, get it out there. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day.